Tonight, breaking news as we come on the air. The deadly flooding emergency here in the West. An atmospheric river unleashing heavy rain and life-threatening flash flooding. 11 million people under flood alerts tonight. Dramatic new images coming in. The raging river tearing through one town. First responders rescuing people after a levee breach in Monterey County. Rescuers going door to door, warning residents to evacuate. In higher elevations, historic amounts of snow. And tonight we're tracking the severe storm threat for the south. Millions on alert for damaging winds and large hail. That system also bringing heavy snow and rain to the northeast. And tonight, millions along the I-95 corridor bracing for what could be a major nor'easter in the coming days. Rob Marciano timing it all out in the storm zone. The new fallout from the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Silicon Valley Bank, a favorite for the tech sector. Federal regulators working around the clock, hoping to restore access to money for the bank's customers. Roku, Pinterest, and Shopify, all with major deposits in the bank. What the failure could mean for them. The urgent search right now for three women missing in Mexico. Two sisters and their friend who had been living in Texas. New images just in from the scene of where authorities are searching. Their desperate families say the women haven't been heard from in two weeks. This coming after the kidnapping of four Americans. The new images from just before that brutal attack. Matt Rivers from Mexico City. The horrific crime near Seattle. A podcaster and her husband killed, allegedly, by the woman's stalker, a man they feared. Why she filed for an order of protection just before she died. DeMarco Morgan with late reporting. The newly released chilling video of the alleged shooter at Michigan State University. How police say he accessed a college building, checking his weapon as he walked through. The unprecedented abortion lawsuit. Three women in Texas sued by their friend's ex-husband, accusing them of helping the wife obtain abortion pills. The massive volcanic eruption in Indonesia, unleashing clouds of ash and the warning tonight. And we're behind the scenes in Hollywood, the final preps and the changes this year with the 95th Academy Awards just hours away. From ABC News, this is World News Tonight. Good evening. It's great to have you with us on this Saturday. I'm Whit Johnson reporting tonight from Los Angeles. We're following several developing stories as we come on the air, and we begin with that deadly flooding emergency right here in California. The state facing another round of heavy rain after a devastating parade of winter storms. 11 million people under flood alerts across the West through midweek. The unrelenting rain turning towns into rivers. Emergency crews rescuing drivers trapped in rising floodwaters after a levee breached in Monterey County. Thousands of residents forced to leave their homes. Here's a satellite image of that so-called atmospheric river bearing down on the state. The system massive in size, higher elevations facing even more snow and dangerous winds. This section of Highway 1 in Big Sur forced to shut down after a catastrophic landslide caused severe damage. Another storm system wreaking havoc in parts of the Great Lakes into the Northeast, causing hazardous road conditions in Erie, Pennsylvania. ABC's senior meteorologist Rob Marciano leading us off tonight from the storm zone. Tonight, first responders rescuing stranded drivers from life-threatening floodwaters after a levee breach in Monterey County, California. Time to evacuate. Water is coming. Rescuers going door-to-door, -door, warning residents to leave after a 100-foot-wide breach in the levee on the Pajaro River. More than 8,000 people forced to flee. These families stuck on a bridge waiting for transport to nearby shelters. 11 million people under flood alerts tonight. 
Dramatic new drone video showing a raging river tearing through Kernville, California. Look how violent that water is. Officials ordering evacuations in Kern County as well. At least two deaths have been reported. California and Nevada declaring states of emergency. The entire West struggling to deal with the 11th atmospheric river event, dumping up to a foot of rain the past week. In Santa Cruz, heavy rain causing massive flooding and damaging roads, stranding residents like Gabby David. Can't go to work and can't do um, everyday normal errands. This section of Highway 1 and Big Sur forced to shut down after this rock slide damaged the road. Water pouring over the side. For the first time in nearly four years, they're actually releasing water from one of the state's largest reservoirs, rolling down the Oroville spillway at 8,000 cubic feet per second. And in Lake Tahoe, historic amounts of snowfall, another 32 inches in some areas. People who have been here for a very long time have said this is more snow than they've ever seen. A separate system marching from the Great Lakes to the Northeast, bringing heavy snow to Pennsylvania. So let's get right to Rob Marciano in Folsom, California. And Rob, the state bracing for even more flooding. Yeah, the rain's ramping up again. We even had a tornado warning earlier with a funnel cloud spotted, so we've got it all. Flood watches remain in effect. Winter storm warnings remain in effect up in the mountains, and the rains will increase tonight, but really come in on Tuesday morning. That's when the next atmospheric river, that's when the next deadly flooding potential is going to be in this state. Now, the energy from yesterday's atmospheric river triggering severe weather tonight across Little Rock. Tomorrow, that gets into the southeast along I-10, Mobile, Montgomery, and then through Tallahassee, and then that'll trigger a storm along the coast for Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday along I-95 and Nor'easter developing here, mostly a wet snow and rain along I-95, but another heavy wet snow event with uh, high accumulations inlet. Wit. All right, Rob, we know you'll be tracking it all. Thank you. Now to the Silicon Valley bank collapse, the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history. Federal banking regulators in overdrive this weekend, working to make sure that insured depositors get their cash as much as $250,000 on Monday when the bank reopens. The White House pressing the message that the bank system is safer and stronger today than it was during the 2008 financial crisis. Here's ABC's Jacqueline Lee. It's the second largest bank failure in American history. And federal banking regulators tonight working around the clock to ensure customers of Silicon Valley Bank can at least get access Monday to the maximum quarter million dollars of their deposits insured by the FDIC. The bank, popular with tech startups and the venture capitalists who invest in them. I hope we get most of it back, but yeah, it's definitely a concern. I'm pretty concerned. On a level from one to ten, I would say it's seven. <laughs> 17. Long lines forming at branches across the country with customers scrambling to access their money. Startup CEO Stefan Kalb worried it will take months to get the company's funds, forcing it to either go into debt or shut down altogether. Unless someone comes in and is able to support Silicon Valley Bank through an acquisition, through other means, um, a lot of us are going to be in a very painful situation very quickly. The tipping point coming this week when Silicon Valley Bank announced it was selling assets to shore up its finances. That sparked a run on the bank, leading to the FDIC shutting it down Friday. Streaming giant Roku had $487 million, or 26% of its cash reserves in the bank, with the company's deposits largely uninsured. But one expert says this is unlikely to cause an avalanche on the broader banking system like it did in 2008. I think the, the banking system, the broader economy are on very solid ground. I think the problems here are specific to the institution and the sector of the economy, the technology sector that's clearly struggling. 
Jacqueline Lee joining us now from New York City. And Jacqueline, after this collapse, there's now renewed attention on other regional banks. That's right, Wood. Some of the stocks of other banks that operate in the region did take a hit this week. In the case of Silicon Valley Bank, FDIC claim agents are currently sifting through customer records to see who is owed what, again, to make sure they receive at least their insured $250,000 come Monday. Wit. Jacqueline, thank you. And it's great to have you here on World News Tonight for your first time. Welcome to the team. Thanks again. And tomorrow morning on this week, Martha Raddatz will speak with Senator Mark Warren, Warren, excuse me, Senator Mark Warner about the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and concerns about the broader financial system. Turning now to the desperate search for three women missing in Mexico, the FBI confirming tonight that two sisters who were living in Texas and a friend vanished after crossing the border last month to sell clothes at a flea market. This news coming after that alleged kidnapping of four Americans in Mexico, two of them were killed. ABC's Matt Rivers reporting tonight from Mexico City. Tonight, Mexican authorities desperately searching for three women living in Texas who disappeared after crossing the border. They hadn't been contacted for, for four days, so that's when uh, I, I ordered my investigator to, to make contact with the FBI to see what they could do. Because, I mean, since it's in another country, there's not much we can do ourselves. According to authorities, the three Mexican nationals, sisters Maritza and Marina Rios, and their friend Dora Sainz, departed from Piñetas, Texas on February 24th, heading to sell clothes at a flea market about three hours south of the border. Three days later, the husband of one of the women reporting them missing, saying he had not been able to contact them since shortly after their departure. The FBI saying Friday it is aware of the disappearances. Their case gathering attention after four Americans were allegedly kidnapped while in Mexico, two of them killed. Livestream video capturing the victims, one of whom was in Mexico for cosmetic surgery, driving in Mexico shortly before their kidnapping. Mexican authorities charging five alleged members of the Gulf Cartel with aggravated kidnapping and homicide. Those suspects apparently turned over to police by the cartel itself, found tied up next to this pickup truck Thursday morning. A letter on the windshield purportedly from cartel leadership saying of the kidnapping, we have decided to deliver those involved and directly responsible. And with these three women join the fates of more than 100,000 other Mexicans who remain missing, about a tenth of them in the state of Tamaulipas, which is in the northern part of the country, with uh, these cases in many situations, years or even decades in the making. Matt Rivers with that alarming story, Matt, thank you. Now to that horrific crime near Seattle, Washington, a podcaster and her husband allegedly killed by a stalker. Police say a 38-year-old truck driver from Texas broke into the couple's home and shot them before turning the gun on himself, taking his own life. The woman had filed a protective order against him. Here's ABC's DeMarco Morgan. Tonight, police say this man, 38-year-old Ramin Hodakaram Rezaei, stalked, shot, and killed podcaster Zori Sadegi and her husband before appearing to take his own life. They have uh, an active hostage situation. The shooter is not detained. A neighbor says their security camera caught the commotion overnight. It was blood-curdling to hear it. Investigators say Hodokaram Rezaei listened to Sadegi's live podcast for people who speak Farsi looking for jobs in the tech industry and befriended her through a chat app. They communicated, but things quickly escalated. This is the absolute worst outcome um, you know, for uh, a stalking case. This is every uh, victim, every detective, every police chief's worst nightmare. 
ABC News has learned just a week before her death, Sadegi filed a request for an order of protection against the suspect, alleging in chilling detail a pattern of behavior that made the 33-year-old fear for her safety. According to the order, Sadegi said the gunman left her voicemails more than 10 times a week, sending flowers, even sending her husband more than 20 messages a day, writing, he won't let me go. And the only thing that will make all of this stop is if he killed himself or died. Also saying her stalker was delusional, writing these delusions make me fear for my life and the lives of my loved ones. In this case, the victim did everything that they possibly could. It is a, a tragic event. Sadegi's mother was inside the house at the time and she was able to escape and call 911. What authorities telling us that, you know, they had trouble locating the suspect to serve that order of protection because he was a long-haul truck driver. Police say he drove from Texas to Washington State. Whit? DeMarco Morgan, thank you. Now to politics and a new development on that controversial Alaskan oil drilling project. A source confirming to ABC News that the Biden administration is expected to greenlight the $8 billion proposal. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze joining us now from the White House. But Elizabeth, the administration is insisting that no final decision has been made. Wait, a source says the Biden administration is expected to move forward with this contentious oil drilling project, but tonight the White House is pushing back, saying that there is no final decision. This $8 billion willow project in the Alaskan Arctic would drill oil on the largest undisturbed plot of public land in the U.S. Alaska lawmakers and the oil industry have been lobbying for Biden to reapprove the project, saying that it will help keep oil prices low by boosting domestic production. But environmentalists and activists online are furious about the expected carbon footprint of the project, so that could put President Biden at odds with a key voter base ahead of his expected 2024 run. Whit. Elizabeth Schulze from the White House, thank you. Now to what may be an unprecedented abortion lawsuit in the state of Texas. Three Texas women are being sued by a friend's ex-husband. He's alleging that they helped her obtain abortion pills to terminate her pregnancy. The couple divorced last year, two months before that abortion supposedly took place. Here's ABC's Ike Jachi. Tonight, a first lawsuit of its kind in the latest efforts to punish people who assist abortions in states where it's increasingly criminalized. Marcus Silva of Galveston County, Texas, filing a civil suit against three friends of his now ex-wife for allegedly helping her obtain pills used to terminate her pregnancy last year. The suit, a wrongful death suit on behalf of Mr. Silva's unborn child, alleges that assisting a self-managed abortion qualifies as murder under Texas state law. In a statement to ABC News, a lawyer from a firm representing Silva saying abortion harms not only the unborn children who are killed, but also the fathers who have had their fatherhood stolen from them. In a photo from the suit, two of the defendants and Miss Silva are seen here dressed for Halloween in costumes from the Handmaid's Tale TV series. Miss Silva's ex-husband demanding more than a million dollars from each of the defendants, citing Texas's near total ban on abortions in 2021. It's been clear that for years, anti-abortion activists have been and will continue to use the judicial system as an instrument of threats and intimidation. 
The lawsuit, relying heavily on information allegedly found in text messages between Silva's ex-wife and the defendants. In those texts, discussions about how to obtain the pills, saying, we have the pills here in Houston, so no, you wouldn't have to fly. One text allegedly explaining that Miss Silva can do it at home. We can take the day off and do it at my place if you want. With the husband, Marcus Silva is not pursuing any charges against his ex-wife. The suit notes she's exempt from civil and criminal liability. Whit? Quite the story, Ike. Thank you. There's still much more ahead on World News Tonight this Saturday. The former Alabama basketball player now charged with the murder of a 23-year-old woman. And chilling new surveillance video of the suspect in the Michigan State University shootings. Stay with us. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. Next tonight, chilling new surveillance video shows the moments before the mass shooting at Michigan State University back in February. The alleged shooter is seen calmly entering the student union, checking his gun for ammunition, then roaming the building and exiting the way he entered. Three students were killed, five wounded. Police say the shooter took his own life. Former Alabama basketball player Darius Miles has been indicted on murder charges. This follows the shooting death of a 23-year-old woman outside the Alabama campus in January. Another man is also charged. Standout freshman point guard Brandon Miller has been questioned in the incident but is not a suspect and has not been charged. When we come back, American skier Michaela Schifrin breaking a record many thought would never fall. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. To the index now, Indonesia's most active volcano erupting early today with a roar. Plumes of gas and lava could be seen for miles. Officials halting all tourism and mining activities on the densely populated island of Java. Residents are being advised to stay away from the crater and be on alert for flowing lava. 
Today, American skier Michaela Schifrin making her case as the greatest ever in her sport. Schifrin breaking the record for most World Cup wins, winning the slalom at a competition in Sweden, her 87th top finish. The previous mark of 86 was thought to be unbreakable and stood for more than four decades. And it's that time of year again. Get ready to lose an hour of sleep. Daylight saving time is upon us. Clocks go ahead, spring forward at 2 a.m. But there is an effort to make the change permanent. A bipartisan group of senators has introduced legislation that would keep the same time throughout the year. Finally tonight, the Oscars excitement is building here in Los Angeles, and we've got a front row seat. Tonight, the final preps for Hollywood's biggest night. Pick it up. Good. Behind the scenes ahead of the 95th Academy Awards, the finishing touches, even some fresh paint. And for the first time since 1961, the red carpet is out. The champagne-colored carpet is in. And you'll notice a new voice. Voice artist Sylvia Villagran, a first-generation Mexican-American, will become the first-ever Latina in-show announcer for the Academy Awards. Representing for, for Latinos, it's a huge, huge thing. When I first started, there was nobody uh, there were no Latinos doing what I do. A veteran voice from commercials, game shows, and award shows, including the Emmys, Tonys, and Grammys. I'm an announcer Egatina. I haven't won them, but yes, I have done them. And what an honor. I'm, um, I'm pinching myself. The Academy also focused on the future. I'm worried I might drop it. This diverse group of young filmmakers among the trophy presenters. We've been rehearsing with these rehearsal trophies, which are much lighter. That's the real one. This is the real deal. Okay. Yeah, and it is heavier than what we've been practicing with. For musical performances, we now know Lenny Kravitz and Rihanna will take the stage. And after last year's infamous Oscars slap, the new CEO of the Academy tells me they have a crisis team ready to handle any surprise. We are much more prepared as an organization to make quick decisions if something happens on stage. It's a live television show. Right? You never know what's going to happen. Jimmy Kimmel hosting for the third time, hoping this year it's all about the movies, with a few jokes mixed in. I think that you're rooting for the one you saw, Luckily, this year we have movies that people saw, so that makes my job a lot easier. And we hope to see you right back here tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern for the countdown to the Oscars. I'll also see you on GMA in the morning. I'm Whit Johnson in Los Angeles. Have a great night. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.